All right. Well, we are here for the first time ever. It is our brand new Undivided podcast. Yep. I, I'm so stoked to be here. How are you doing, Cam? Doing well. This is my co-host, Cameron Murray. It is and I. It is him. And uh, we are in the brand new studio that we just spent. We spent dozens, dozens of dollars, maybe even 20 yeah, you or, can tell. Yeah. You can definitely uh, Retrofitting uh, this studio, which was formerly, you can't even tell, a baptismal changing room. Change your clothes before you change your heart. There you go. Plant that seed. Um, and so we are here, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're just excited to kind of have a conversation and have some fun. But how are you doing so far in the, the 2020 um, outbreak, pandemic, uh, removal from society, uh, quarantine, uh, starting now and forever. How are you feeling with it? I'm going a little crazy. Um, I am used to going into an office. I have an hour plus long commute every day, each way. And I was so happy to not have to do that. And I still am happy to not have to do it, but doing work from your living room or your kitchen, um, or on top of my dresser. Those are three places that I work from. Um, the monitors on the dresser, not my body, um, is, is, is making me go stir crazy. So I hear that there's a two week detox period where you get used to commuting or not commuting and working from home. So I'm, I'm just trying to make it through. So there are very few things that I hate in life more than being stuck at home. I don't want that to be confused with like, I don't like my house. I love my house, but being stuck, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my yard. I'm so excited to mow it for the first time this week. I'm pumped about that, but I hate it when I'm confined. I hate being stuck at my house. And so you guys probably know, if you don't know, we're, we're about to give birth, you know. Um, now, I'm to, not, not Taylor and I, Taylor and his yeah, wife. Just Cameron and I are not yeah. going to give birth. Well, nope. he will, nope, with his wife, someday, they will give birth. Yeah. I'm not predicting the future. Maybe Neither he's got an announcement today. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, we'll find out at the end of the episode. You but cut this whole he he, do- <laughs> he doesn't. But um, we we're about to give birth to our third child, and so all already like paternity leave. I'm excited to take a break when I'm thinking about regular paternity leave, just to relax, get to know our new child, uh, get into the rhythm of family. But combining that with the fact that now it is mandatory home quarantine for two weeks for us because they're vulnerable, that's that's such a wild thing. And we don't know if that'll be two weeks, if that'll be four weeks. It's going to be crazy. So I'm like already scheming, how am I going to sneak out of the house and like go and throw rocks at trains that drive by or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Cause I'm so I, I don't like being out of the house. But That's I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited to to rest a little bit. But <laughs> what is one thing that now because you're you know, we, we don't like the quarantine, we don't like this virus. Obviously it's kind of scary. It's scary about the economy, it's scary about, you know, our grandparents. I just called my grandma today. I was talking to her and like she's having trouble breathing just because she's older. I'm like, what's going on? And this is there's so much fear in the air, but what's something that you're excited for these next couple of weeks and as this unfolds? Yeah. First thing on the agenda at my home is to find the rat in the attic. Mm. There's a rat or a mouse or a squirrel or a bird, or a person, potentially, in the attic, and it taps a lot. Could be a demon. Why. Could be a demon. It could yeah. be uh, my dad. I don't know. <laughs> I could find him up there. 
Uh, that's first order. Second thing I'm excited for, I'm excited to kind of, uh, for lack of a better terms, explore the projects that I didn't know that I needed, that I had, whether it's in my home or just in the way that I approach work. Um, anytime I get free time, I like to, I like the chance to be able to kind of get creative and yeah. find projects and find things to fix, uh, and, and kind of pull on that thread. If I get too much time that I'll end up un- unpacking the entire house, taking everything sure. apart and then putting it back together. Well, you, you said something fascinating, like you get to get creative and, and we, we met a couple of us the other day talking about the opportunities that we have now that we didn't have before. Like yeah. the question that I think I want to be asking myself is what can I do now? Because I have the time that I couldn't before. Now, I understand a lot of people are still working. I'm still working. Uh, we still have that rhythm, but there's this there's this removal from regular routine, and we're all in this place where we're finding a new rhythm. But I'm stoked at the idea, not only personally, but even for our ministry, to reset some stuff and say we've been talking about this. Like we all know. I mean, you've probably got things in your life like you. It's like this soccer ball, and you just kick it into the future knowing that you'll walk up to it eventually and then you'll probably kick it again yeah. instead of picking it up. And now we're in this place where there's all the routine has been taken away and now we've got this ball that we can pick up and say, okay, I can, for me, I can reorganize some of my garage. I can pressure wash my backyard, my back patio. I can pull all of the weeds that I've been waiting all winter to pull. I can I can edge my lawn. But it's also like, Hey, we can reset all of our our structure and so many of the things yeah. that we've been saying, like, oh, all of this and this and this and this is getting in the way of us being able to reset. Now we're being forced to. And I actually think that it's a, it's a God opportunity. Well, the unique thing is that your uh, all of our routines and our systems have been shut down except for our routine of boredom. Hmm. So we all have a, a system or a routine that we approach when we get bored. Yeah. So for a lot of us, myself included, you know, when I'm bored um, or where I don't know what to do, I fill that boredom space with just checking my phone, checking social media. Mm. And, you know, while all the other routines of our lives have been shut down, um, at the same time, all it's going to do is just amplify what our, our boredom routine looks like. Yeah. And so we have the opportunity to, especially here in the Northwest, we have the opportunity now to recreate what that routine looks like, like you mentioned. And yeah. so, you know, it's just going to amplify where there's already weak points in, in our routines and our systems. You know, a lot of people are going to spend the next couple of weeks just playing video games, going huh. through social media and wasting time. And they're going to blame it on the fact that, oh, I didn't, you know, everything shut down, so I can't. When it's like, no, like the fact that everything shut down actually further opens the door for you to work on yourself, to work on your, your problems, to focus on personal growth and development. And the fact that you didn't, only further cements the fact that you didn't really care about it before. Well, you bring something interesting up. It's it's that idea that, you know, this kind of thing we were talking about earlier, um, it, it can cause us to either go to that worst place of ourselves or this, you know, the, the most useless or negative habit, or it can drive us to this place where we now dig into what we didn't even re- remember was there. Like there's some been some things maybe that have been hidden. That it's like when you hit crisis, it's like, hey, this is sink or swim. You can reach into that and actually pull something out yeah. that has been there all yeah. along. It's not like God is now all of a sudden planting things in us. It's actually 
God is giving us a shovel and saying, hey, you've been waiting for time to dig it. Guess what? You've got some weeks now to dig in to there. And I was reminded of, I think it was Ronnie Doss who first said it, uh, and we've said it around here a lot, is the facts are real, but you get to decide what yeah. they mean. Yeah. And it's like, the fact is real. Yo, we are in the weirdest time that our existence has ever seen yeah. as far as anyone alive today. Very unique, yeah. Other than maybe somebody who's like 90 plus years old, they've seen some some epidemics and things like that that have that have rivaled what is going on in our world today. But it's like, the fact is real. There is a pandemic. Some would argue, depending on how deep into the internet that you dig, that there are some, anyways, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theories, but the fact is like, yo, we're out of school. We are out of rhythm. Um, there are some tough things going on. We get to decide what that means. Though. Yeah. Like I can decide, does this mean I'm going to sit and mope and be discouraged? Does this mean I'm going to spend all of my time on social media just reading and digging into everything that is so bad and everybody's opinion? Or does it mean like I'm going to look my parents in the eye and say, you know what? I've been going so hard and I haven't said thanks in a while. Yeah. I haven't like just sat down. Like what if we all sat down and said, thanks Disney for giving us Frozen 2 and let's watch it together. Yeah. Like how cool would it be if we decided that what the facts are, though, there's some negatives to it, that they mean an opportunity for yeah. us. What's an opportunity that you're looking forward to taking, not just with like your own rhythm in life, but you know something that you've been maybe putting off that God's been leading you in or poking at you or challenging you in in, in your life or your marriage or your future, your plans, all that kind of stuff, as, as you're like, you know what, this is really an opportunity from God. Well, I think the, the opportunity, when I think of opportunity from a, you know, spiritual standpoint or just, you know, on the side of my faith, I think of the opportunity that I have to set a standard to my coworkers of mm. what it means to respond to things. That's you know, my, my coworkers, um, I, I don't work for a church. I don't work in a faith-based environment at all. Um, you know, I work in, for lack of better terms, the business world. Yeah. And when I, when situations happen to me, I have the opportunity to respond um, and know that they're watching. Um, and so how I respond, knowing that they know that I'm a believer, how I respond um, shows them or sets an example to them of what it looks like to trust God in seasons. You know, I, before the pandemic, I was having a hard time at work, and I was yeah. going through situations. And I was yeah, you shared out a little bit of your story at, at, at UD yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I did it at Breakfast Club, and it's like, you know, I had six months of really low performance at work. And a lot of my coworkers would have quit, or they would have given up, or they would have just, you know, said, poor me and gone a different direction. Um, and the fact that I was able to kind of dig my heels in a little bit and, and trust and know that, like, hey, this hard work's going to pay off yeah. um, was an example of what it means to trust God that, like, hey, it's a challenge, but I'm believing um, in God that something good's going to come of this, and it has. Yeah. Um, even in the last few weeks, things are, are drastically changing, which is amazing. And now as we face these challenges and there's health issues in our family and there's all these things going on around us, I have the opportunity to either be fearful um, or be hopeful. Um, yeah. And when we're hopeful for things, it's not a, ignoring or denying the fact that the fear is there, or the fear is valid. It's just saying that I can see past it um, and I can see beyond it. And so I'm excited for the opportunity in my life to kind of getting back to your question, not only have the opportunity to set a standard to my, my coworkers, but also remind myself, yeah. you know, when I'm afraid, 
I'm going to dig in. I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to look beyond to the future and yeah. leave my family in doing so. Well, and as you as you choose to frame your future, it then informs your present. Yeah. Like I was reminded a couple weeks ago, we, we, we did a message called How to Make Your Bed in Hell. And um, it's this idea that like what David said in the, in the Psalm 139, he said, God, you've searched me and you know me and you know when I sit and when I rise and you, you know my thoughts from near and afar and you discern my going out and my laying down and you're familiar with all my ways. And he goes on to say, um, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in hell or if I make my bed in the depths, there you are as yeah. well. And it's this idea that it's like, whoa, David is not saying, God, you helped me to get get to this place where I never have to make my bed in hell. Yeah. No, he's actually in this place where he says, when I'm in hell, whether it's hell on earth, it's it's pressure, it's a literal worldwide pandemic, or yeah. it's, you know, there's some stuff going on in my family that is so, there's so much pressure, or I'm dealing with anxiety and, and, and depression, and, and all of these external factors are, yeah. are affecting me, I can choose one or two things. I can choose to settle and just accept this as my reality, or I can choose to sleep. And this, the idea of sleep, and I use both settle and sleep because they both start with S, and, and I'm trying to be clever like that. Mm-hmm. But it's this idea that even though the, the reality hasn't changed, I can sleep knowing what my future is. Yeah. Knowing that hell, that this, this place, this making my bed in the depths, it is not my permanent residence. Yeah. I think we have to remind ourselves. I have to remind myself. I got a wife, and I've got kids, and I've got a third kid on the way, and it's happening right in the midst of this chaos. Yeah. And, but I know it's hard for me to imagine. We were talking down in my office 20 minutes ago about how I can't see what the future looks like. But that doesn't mean that the future is not there. Yeah. That there's still a future there. Well, and it's also um, just a reality and a reminder, too, that it's like that God isn't dictated um, by literally anything. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter, you know, like David was saying, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter the season you're going through. It doesn't matter the highs or the lows that you're going through. God isn't dictated by those things. And so you could be in the worst season of your life. Everything's falling apart. You know, our pet's heads are falling off. And <laughs> here I Does anybody get the reference? Dumb and dumber. Um well, we should have given them time. No, they weren't born. Um, so, but it doesn't matter what's going on. It's yeah. like God is still God. There's, yeah. there's literally nothing in, in that could ever happen that would change who God is or dictate or, you know, send God in a different direction. You know, who, God's character and who he is to us is not a choose-your-own-adventure where the, every time something different happens, it redirects and reshapes God. Yeah. Um, the ending of who God is or the core of who God is or the beginning, middle, and end of who God is is never ending, always the same, has never been changed, ever. Hmm. And you see that over the course of you know 4,000 years of the Scripture being righted, and you see that over the course of your own life. You look yeah. back... And you can see, man, God was consistent. He was faithful. He was stable. He provided in the midst when I felt I was going to lose everything or when I did lose everything, he still pulled through. And now I can look back or I can look forward knowing that that will be repeated then regardless of the seasons I'm in. Yeah, well, and you said something to the effect that God is still God during this. But I also think it's like, I think there's an there's a moment that you experience in times like this yeah. where God really becomes God to you. Yeah. Um, 
I'm brought back again to Psalm 91. This is something that we've studied as well. And um, it says, they who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then he says this intriguing thing. And he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. And it's this idea that I, it, it, he, what he's saying is my experience of God, my firsthand experience of God is he's my refuge and my fortress. And it, you don't need a refuge or a fortress if there's nothing externally coming at you. Yeah. You only need those when there's a threat coming. And I feel like I see God most at work. I mean, he's in the highs, he's in the lows. But I feel like the lows are like this poking, it, where it's almost like it's poking you. Like, are you feeling right now? Are you? Yeah. This is like, oh, okay, now I'm really feeling my humanity. And I'm simultaneously really feeling the presence of God in the midst of what I'm yeah. dealing with. Well, it's almost as if the character of God guarantees that you'll face suffering. Yeah. It's like... That's exciting. When you think about it, like, okay, God, you, like, you're the God of peace. You're the God of, like, comfort. You are a place mm. of refuge, a, a place of, of, uh, of rest, of recharging, of, of safety. I can find... All of those things are amazing. That is the, uh, you know, part of the essence of who God is. Yet, in those things, like you just said, it guarantees, basically, that you're going to need those things. Yeah. Like, everything that God is, we need. Everything that God has to offer, I need. And so because of that, I can almost, I can, I can, not almost, I can bank on the fact that I'm going to need peace. I'm going to need rest. I'm going to need refuge and comfort and safety and a shelter from the storm that Mm. I'm going to go through. It's not, it is inevitable, you know. Uh, the Bible talks about that too. It talks about how suffering is basically guaranteed. Yeah. Like you are going to face those things. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's not like a, a negative promise. Like I, it's like some people have have approached God as if he's like, "Hey, I'm going to throw more bad things your way." No. No, he, what he's really saying it, how my experience of God really has been, "Hey, things are going to come your way, but watch, I'm going to be right there in the midst with you. Like I'm going to tackle you with my peace. I'm going to tackle you with my comfort. And by the way, there are things I need for you to have in this season so that in your next one, yeah. that you couldn't have had them. We, we, there's this idea that in scripture, there were certain songs and anthems that were only written and sung and felt in times of yeah. famine or war, war or yeah. uh, this, this place of exile. And you couldn't experience or sing that in a time of, of prosperity. Yeah. Not that the time of prosperity was bad. No, God actually had promises of those things. But it was the times of, of difficulty and lack yeah. that caused people to lean into God like they never had before. And I think that would be my, my word. And it, it, as we kind of start to wrap up, it's this idea like, let's lean in. Let's not lean out. I, I felt this, this word the other day. It's like, I'm not going to brace for this stuff. Like, I'm not going to brace for the impact and wait for everything to hit so I can stand back up. I'm going to go full force, stare it in the face and say, hey, virus and the fear that comes with it and the anxiety that comes with it and everything that's going on in our world, I'm going to face it. I'm going to stare it right in the eyes and say, you can't touch me. You yeah. can't come at me. And even though it, it will say, David said it, 
though a thousand may fall and 10,000 at my right hand, it will not come near me. And it's this idea that it's not going to dictate what I'm doing right now. It's not going to dictate my atmosphere. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to face it, look it in the eye and say, this is not going to define my life. I'm going to get through this. Not only that, I'm going to come out the other side smiling, knowing that God is still good. Well, and when you brace for something, what you're saying is basically like, I'm getting myself in a position to where... Like, I'm just going to let whatever's coming happen. Hmm. So it's when you're bracing for something, you're, you're, you're not necessarily, it's like if I'm, if I'm bracing for something, I'm just kind of positioning myself to just be happened to. Yeah. If Marshawn Lynch is going to run at me and try and tackle me and I just brace for it, I'm just going to, you know, I saw him at Bellevue Square and that's what I did. Yeah. I was there. I braced. I remember you, you gave me a peace sign and he (laughs) leaned, he looked back and and gave you, (laughs) gave you a downward peace sign. Best moment. Like, of my don't life. talk to me. But other than I, the birth I of my children in my you wedding, see me. But, yeah. um, but when I'm bracing for something, I'm ready to be happened to. Yeah. And I don't. I'm. I'm allowing whatever to happen to happen. When you face something, it's you're not ignoring the fact that something's coming. You're just saying, I'm going to do everything yeah. that I can. I'm going to play my part here. There's going to be a two way battle. It's the law of momentum. Yeah. It, it. There's. It's been said that a a train going at um, you know, even a full, like a full speed or average speed could, um, could break through a 12 foot thick wall of bricks. So a train going at full speed could literally demolish a massively thick wall of bricks and Mm -hmm. stay on its course. Whereas a train stopped, you could put a little two by four wooden brick under one wheel and that train won't move. Yeah. Because there's no momentum, there's no yeah, inertia. inertia. Yeah. You you have to have that. But man, yeah. when we when we face it, we say, you know, we're going to lean in. We're going to get momentum. And while we have this four, six, eight weeks, we're going to reach people like we've never reached before. We're going to spread hope like we've never been yeah. before. We're going to make hope go viral. Like hashtag make hope viral. We're going to do these things not because um, you know because we know what the future holds, but we're saying, you know what. When that wall comes, because it's going to come, yeah. that wall's going to come, discouragement's going to come, disappointment's going to come, somebody we know is going to get hurt, things like that. And it's not a negative prophecy, it's just life. But when we come, we are not going to be stopped by that wall. We will power through that. And that's the enemy's tactics. He's got nothing on us when we are moving toward God. And I think that's the big thing is I want to I lean in during this time. Yeah. And, and not just to God. I want to lean into God. I want to lean into community. We're going to lean into each other. We're going to talk about ways that we can do that as a church and a youth community, as undivided and, and a broader community for the churches and the people of God. And we're going to spread the gospel like we've never been before. I believe that this is going to be the time where more people are going to come to know Jesus than any other time in our era here in our community and beyond around the world. Like what the heck is God doing? It is so big, but also I'm going to lean into my family. I have time now with my kids and my wife. I have time with my family and people that are close to, I have time to do those things and say, man, that matters so much more. And it's bringing it all into perspective. So I, I think that's the, the big thing I want to end it with is this idea of leaning. Do you have any last words you want to say? I think when it comes to, to leaning in um, and just kind of embracing um, the season, it's doing so through the lens of like getting something out of it. Like 
going into it recognizing like, okay, I might be on quarantine. I might be quarantined for two weeks or our, I might be out of school if you're a high school student or a junior yeah. high student. I may, I might be out of school for six weeks, which is, I would have loved that experience uh, when I was in high school. Um, you know, I feel but, bad for all the seniors. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't shout out to all the kids that were in detention or ISS that no longer have to go. Um, <laughs> I feel you. I, I have been in that room. I, I have a feeling though, they'll somehow make those roll over to next year. Yeah. Like. Um, I have a feeling that would suck. Um, but when I think of, when I think of, you know, kind of being in your shoes, if you guys are going into six weeks or you're in the middle or starting out six weeks of isolation and away from school, uh, use this time to to build yourself, to make yeah. yourself better, That's to great. sharpen yourself. You know, I, I talk to a lot of my students all the time. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Lean into that statement. Um, develop new relationships. Um, you know, and obviously you can't hang out, you know, face to face with as many people as you want, but use this time to let old relationships die off. Use those, this time to allow those bad relationships, those toxic relationships to exit your life, uh, efficiently. Uh, And you can blame it on the government. Um, you know, you can blame it on, you're talking about conspiracies. You can blame it on them needing to recharge the batteries of the birds that are actually just surveillance cameras because birds don't exist. Because birds aren't real. I don't know if you knew that or not. Birds do not exist. Birds are not real. Yeah. Birds aren't real. They're just battery powered surveillance cameras. Also, burps are way worse than farts. That's definitely not true. So don't lean into that. You can lean into, um, yourself. Um, but for, no, but when I think about it, I just think like lean into the opportunity that we have to, to grow ourselves, to, to strengthen our lives and to, to get better. If you're struggling yeah. right now, if you're frustrated, if you're stressed out, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're, you're concerned about what the future holds, um, lean into a spirit of hope. Um, allow yeah. the season that we're in to, like we talked about a few weeks ago with the cycle of hope, allow the suffering that you're experiencing or the anxiety that you feel to drive you to be hopeful Um, and the way that happens is by producing, uh, endurance, which creates character, which gives us hope. So Mm -hmm. the next time we face something like this, we're already ready. We have the cycle down and we can enter into the season of hardship with a spirit of hope, uh, which oddly enough gets you out of that season faster and more efficiently and, uh, more joyful and hopeful. Well, this season isn't going to last forever. And so I don't think it should be, we waited out. I think we lean in because we got a few weeks to pump out the most creative ideas, the best things that are going to come out of this season. I'm, I'm actually pumped for it. So let's lean in. Let's ask God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to us? And let's go for it. We're going to see the greatest thing we've ever seen, greatest yeah. season we've ever had as a youth ministry, I believe it. as a church, and as individuals. I believe it in Jesus' name. Hey, make sure that you um, podcast uh, podcast to this subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, share it. And uh, we're going to spread a lot of this kind of content over the coming weeks, so we're excited about it. Make sure you do that. Uh, God bless you guys. We love you. Deuces. Farts are way better than burps. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it'll be also very good. I'm going to clap again.